The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I'm Dr. Deepika Chopra, the Optimism Doctor, and this is Looking Up, a place where you can expect to find raw, transparent storytelling. Listen in to learn real science-based techniques to cultivate more optimism, resiliency, and authentic joy from artists, athletes, experts, and many more. Art and politics have always been difficult to untangle. They have historically existed alongside one another, and now Instagram is making that relationship even more enmeshed. You guys may have seen it. It was shared over 350,000 times and seen by at least 2.1 million people in a matter of weeks. It's been around the world and been translated to over 10 different languages. I'm talking about the colorful, almost psychedelic gradient with words splashed across in a wavy, bold, in-your-face font. Virtual Posting 101. But past that catch-your-eye visual, in seven images, we learned how to use the algorithm to our advantage and how best to take action to support the Black Lives Matter movement virtually and to do so by doing what so many of us would never, ever think about doing, by spreading the message that we want to fight for by disrupting hashtags we are not followers of, like Build the Wall and Back the Blue. It was posted on Instagram May 29th, and since then, it has been liked nearly 500,000 times with upward of 5,800 comments. It helps us to really think about who our target audience is when we truly want to be heard. My guest on today's episode of Looking Up is Manasalyn Coleman, who has made it her project to spread inspiration and make it accessible and inclusive. This episode is all about getting uncomfortable to make real change. My hope in spotlighting Manasalyn is that you will all take a moment or a few moments to learn something new, to get a little uncomfortable, to participate in fighting for something you truly believe in, and to do so with conviction and fervor. It can be by getting up and entering the world out there physically, or as we will learn today, by staying home, swiping right, and maybe tapping your fingers a bit on the device you are probably holding right now. Oh, and I also hope that each and every one of you will support her by visiting her website and buying one of her beautiful prints. The one I'm buying reads, it's okay to choose a life of joy. You all know I say it's way more than okay. How are you? I am good. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing, I'm doing good. <laughs> I'm tired, um, but I can't complain. Um, a lot of things are great, but, um, you know, just, I always joke, I was joking with someone else that I asked, I'm like, I feel like the question, how are you, is just not good enough anymore. It's like, we need something that has all of that, the same sentiment, but like includes everything that's going on. <laughs> right. I agree. I'm so happy to be connected to you. I, um, you know, only recently found you. And since then I've been such a big fan and I actually like look forward every day that I open up Instagram. I'm like, what did she post today? (laughs) (laughs) That makes me so happy. I'm, I'm a big fan. Before we jump into the entire meat of this, which I'm super excited about the way that looking up really is formulated is we start by me asking you a small series of rapid fire questions. And um, these are just like a way for the listeners and myself to get to know you a little more intimately and sort of past what some people might already know you for, but they can learn something new. And it's really just a level of creating some intimacy. So don't think too much about it. Just 
the first thing that comes to mind. And here we go. So is there a book that you have read that has actually changed the way in which you live your life? Definitely. Happy Pocket Full of Money by Chikandi. I hope I'm saying his name right, but it's Happy Pocket. It's a really good book. It talks about wealth consciousness and quantum physics and just how the world works. It's a very, I know quantum physics sounds scary. It's like an approachable version. That's so cool. I haven't heard of that book. I'm going to check it out. Okay. So the next one is people think I'm blank, but I'm actually blank. People think I am like a happy, go lucky, optimist person, (laughs) but I'm actually, I feel like I'm a realist mixed with optimism. I think people think I'm way too optimistic than I really am. Mm, We're going to definitely get into that. Don't you worry. (laughs) (laughs) Three words to describe yourself as a teenager, like in the high school years. Ooh, just aching to rebel. Any way I could possibly rebel, I was was doing it. I was finding a way. I ran away once for a concert, which was (laughs) not necessary, but rebellious, but not really because my parents were kind of strict. So (laughs) three words rebellious, outsider. I actually take pride in being an outsider during my teenage years. And I don't know, free. Mm. Those are good words. Yeah. Um, when's the last time that you cried? Ooh. Last week. And it's usually never, not never, but sometimes it's just because of meditation or something. It's mm-hmm. not like sadness, but yeah, last week. Okay. And three things today that have brought you joy? Oh, I took a nap. That was very necessary. (laughs) I feel like in times like this, you have to cherish the little things you're able to do for yourself. I took a nap. That was great. Oh, I did my morning pages. Morning pages bring me a lot of joy because they annoy me, but Mm -hmm. I have to do them. Artist's Way is a book that tells you to like write three pages every morning to just get out all of whatever you're thinking about. Just write it all out. So that brings me a lot of joy. And then I did 20 minutes of meditation. So I appreciate when I do get a chance to sit down because sometimes I can't, but yeah. So I want to jump right in. You already brought up optimism and you know, that's kind of my thing. So you brought it up, which I'm super excited about right at the top of this podcast. So we're going to jump in. You are a designer, a beautiful graphic designer. Your posts are full of inspiration. How do you think that design can inspire optimism, hope, and resiliency? And how have you been using your design to do so? Definitely colors. Um, Everything I do, it's my room is very plain, as you can see. (laughs) But when I design, I use a lot of colors because colors have emotions. Colors, well, colors evoke emotions. So definitely using colors. Certain colors like blue is more trusting. Orange is warm and makes you more excited. So I use a lot of orange on my page and a lot of bright yellow. So all those colors, I specifically choose to evoke something. Color is very important. And just font and the type of text that you use, how thick it is or how thin it is, very like it matters. So for me, I study and I have for the past decade, the science behind sensory-based visual imagery and visualization. And I study a lot of the science behind using color as a way to invoke emotion and even change behavior. And so that is super exciting to me. And I right away noticed that on your page and the specific colors you use, but I'm so interested, like you brought up font and type and um, lettering and stuff. Like, 
what are some of the ways in which, um, you know, font, is it the, the wider font or the thinner font? Like what, what sort of invokes inspiration and hope and optimism? For me, I think the bolder, if the font is very bold, it forces action. It's like, let me pay attention to this. Mm. And then you have to look at how, if, if it's curvy, it's, if it's a curvy font or if it's a more jagged font, like if the points are jagged or curvy. So I always pay attention to that, but I would say definitely how bold the font is really for the viewer. It kind of shows you how important everything is. So I try to make things in your face. Like you can't ignore what I'm telling you. That's how I go about designing. I love that. That's so cool. And coming from the rebellious free teenager, (laughs) I absolutely love it. How has your work been used during this very emotional and emotionally challenging time? And how have you been using work to kind of help yourself cope with it, but also more so help other people cope? Yeah, it started with virtual protesting. Mm -hmm. I think that created a voice for a lot of not only people that were sick, but disabled people. And every time I talk about this, I didn't know who I was designing for specifically. I just felt like there were people that couldn't make it out into the streets and needed some way to do something. And that was just my view of it. But I wasn't really thinking about specifically who those people were. And then come to find out a lot of people that reached out to me were disabled people. And I, I'm so happy that I gave a voice to them and people that literally cannot be out feel like they have a role in this to continue. Because even though it is dying down on social media, like the movement, there are people that still wake up every day and like <laughs> go and use their profiles to protest. And I think that's beautiful. So definitely with virtual protests. And then I have changed it to be more empowering, even though I believe in duality is very important to me. So even though in the midst of sadness, there's a lot of things going on, we still have to be able to look in the future because we have to carry the baton. We can't, we, we, we can be sad for what is happening, but we can't dwell in it so much that we forget that we also have to live life. So I also want to continue that message of still sharing what is going on, but still be the hope that Mm -hmm. you can still focus on your goals right now. Like that's okay. You don't have to say, you don't have to ruin, you don't have to sabotage yourself right now because the world is pretty much self-sabotaging itself. I love like everything you just brought up. So one of the big hallmark definitions in optimism is someone that can hold space for the emotions that don't feel so good. So whether they're fear or anxiety or anger or sadness, while at the same time, allowing themselves to hold space for hope and knowing that something better will come and, and, and letting that space for that in. I also wanted to say like, that's how I found you. So for those of you guys out there, I'm sure you've seen it because in less than a week, over 2 million people saw your post called Virtual Protesting 101. And it was sort of like this really, not just beautifully, aesthetically designed guide, but offering really, really usable, practical tips and ways that people could actually be an advocate and protest while not necessarily going to a protest. And the reason this reached me so strongly is throughout this pandemic, I found out, you know, in the start of it that I'm pretty high risk and I wanted to be a part of it all. And I wanted to go out there, but I felt like I needed to protect my life because we're in the middle of a pandemic. And so finding that for one reason was really powerful for me that just that maybe there's something I could do and use my voice, but also like there was some really like amazing 
brilliant tips in there that I actually hadn't thought about. And so I'm wondering if you can go through kind of what the 101 suggested, since, as you said, there's many of us that still want to be virtually protesting and carrying through the movement. So what are some of the things, for example, I wanted you to talk about using specific hashtags? (laughs) Yeah. So the hashtags was the main thing. And I laughed because K-pop, I don't know if people know what the K-pop stands yeah. on Twitter, but that makes it brings me so much joy. So I was basically thinking of how to virtually meet these people online. Where do people hang out? Because we, we all have different Instagram or social media experiences. What you see every day when you open your phone is very different from what I see when I open my phone. So I was thinking, okay, what do these people where do they hang out? Cops have a lot of hashtags for themselves. They, they all do. So I'm, I literally went and searched up, went into their hub. I literally went into their world. It felt very strange because I was mm. seeing a lot of cops, a lot of like guns, a lot of things that I'm not comfortable with, but it was interesting to like virtually be in their world. And so that's what I did. I went through and picked hashtags that I saw people that are in the street, the cops that are actually doing the jobs. You guys need to see what's going on. And like I said, I feel like a lot of all of the things that happen is pushed into the Black media. So Black people have to see it. But at the same time, it's if you're scrolling, looking at Starbucks, I also want you to see it. So I'm going to hashtag Starbucks because I know you are searching for Starbucks mm-hmm. and you're also going to Black Lives Matter while you're searching for that Starbucks. So that's how I looked at it. That is so brilliant. And I think I read somewhere that you said, you know, it's one thing to be talking to a community that you're already a part of, but if you really want to make this movement strong, we need to start talking to the people that are not part of the community and that maybe are even the oppressors. Yeah. I saw people using your post on, on the virtual protesting 101 and hashtagging like MAGA. Right. Right. You know, hashtagging and like, and I got to be honest with you, like I I saw that and it was a real challenge to try and do that because I didn't want to even go into just a, that world. Yeah. And so I think it's so interesting. You were like, you know, sometimes we have to get really uncomfortable to make real change. And like you said, it was really uncomfortable for seeing things you didn't want to see. Can you like further delve into that? What is like What's the most uncomfortable moment for you through it? And you decided, you know what, this is really uncomfortable, but this is worth it. And this is how we're going to make a difference and a change. It was seeing that cops view their jobs as like a, it's like a, they had like little cults or gangs or something. (laughs) It's weird. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag that I was finding was very they glamorized their job. It felt, it was very uncomfortable to see how glamorized they view their job and how even in the comment, ooh, the comment section was scary because people are literally validating what they do every day and just saying, well, they deserve it. You, well, you shouldn't be talking to cops like that. You shouldn't, and it's crazy to be in that world and seeing how many people actually believe that people deserve <laughs> to be killed. Yeah. But they say no to a cop or something. and just the superiority complex of they really believe they run the streets. And it was very uncomfortable to see that. Mm-hmm. It's just the lives versus Black Lives Matter thing, like really being in the Blue Lives Matter world and really seeing how much they really believe that they own this. So what are like the three or four biggest hashtags that you suggest, you know, during that time that you were hashtagging that were the uncomfortable ones where you were trying to put what 
you were saying and highlight something for that world that was basically the opposite and the oppressor? Definitely the CAG 2020, which is Keep America Great. Nada, but there's also CAG. I didn't even know about CAG. Wow. So there is CAG and Blue Line was definitely one. Blue Line, I didn't know about Blue Line. I knew about Blue Lives, but Blue Line is just, that's like their hashtag that all of the cops use. And Women for Trump, I'll just throw that one in there too. Mm. Women for Trump was a good one too. I think it's incredible that your post on virtual protesting has also been globally translated into many different languages. And you guys, this is all happening in like a week. Like this all happened in a week, like over 2 million views in a week. Vice covered it. Mm -hmm. What was your reaction when you learned that, first of all, this just basically went viral and that it now was being globally translated? And do you think that there is a universal message to being an activist within your own community? And that's something that people from everywhere can relate to. Yeah, when it was happening... I tell everybody, I, I thought 20,000 people were going to see it. I, I had, that was my number. I was like, oh, it'd be great if 20,000, 10,000 people see it. And then the numbers kept going up. And I was like, wow, this is actually very valuable to, to everyone. And even me, and I said this in the post that I'm not an activist. I'm not someone that's really into politics, mm-hmm. um, design. That's really all I do. And I kind of wanted to make that clear because especially in the comment section, people go crazy with all that they say. But this really showed me that everyone has a place in this and you don't necessarily have to go outside of what you do normally to make a change. You can Mm. genuinely just do what you do normally, but incorporate the message into it. And that was one thing I learned, especially with it going viral, that, wow, I was just sitting in my room thinking, you know, someone might need to see this. And I made it and I posted it. It wasn't anything bigger than that. And just by me doing that one little thing, I I was able to reach two million people. So. It's just to show that if you have an idea, if you feel like whatever you can do is going to help, do that thing. Even if you feel like it's not that big of a deal, just we we need everyone. Everyone needs to play their role. And I say your role, it's your role, not the role that you think you should be playing, the role that you feel like you should be playing. Right. And there's sort of this cross that's happening between arts and politics. And Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it seems like you're kind of at the core of it. (laughs) (laughs) And it sounds like maybe you even got there, like not intentionally, (laughs) Yeah, not at all. (laughs) but it seems like you're such a positive source of showing that you can use art as a way to make a statement and Mm -hmm. to make a difference. And not just that, but use art as a way to actually give people tools and tips. And I think that's what I find so interesting. So my question is your design, has your design aesthetic always been what sort of is on your Instagram right now? Or were you kind of intentionally like, if I want to reach these certain type of people to also make a difference that are outside of my main community, I might want to use art and aesthetic to sort of get them in as well. Yeah, definitely. So my feed before before this happened, I had 1,000 followers. This, <laughs> this all blew, boomed in one week. So my feed before was just pictures of me. It was just a regular feed that people have on Instagram, like pictures <laughs> of <themselves. laughs> Very with my pictures. And then one week I said, 
I feel like I'm in a bubble. This is literally me talking to myself. I was like, I feel like I'm in a bubble. I feel like I'm not reaching people. All I get is you're pretty. Thank you. I know I'm, I know I'm beautiful, but I don't need to, that doesn't do anything for my soul. Mm. And so I started thinking of how I can break this bubble of the people that are like the mini little circle that I have on Instagram. How can I break that? And so I started focusing on my gradients and no, I have not always been designing like this. When I went to school, yeah, so I went to school for design and we learn a specific way of designing, which is very, I say corporate, it's very square in a box, very safe. Colors we use are very uh, white, navy blue. <laughs> safe, super safe. Super safe. So my art now is the complete opposite. I actually turn off my previous portfolio because it, if you look at the two, you would think two different people designed it. My art now, I say it's my, it's my child. It's like my inner child expression. That's why it's so bright. I feel like I have been suppressing my inner child for a lot of years. And I finally just let it, whenever I design, I just let myself do whatever. I don't really judge off of much other than is the message clear and that's it. Everything else can just be free, but I have not been designing like this at all. Um, It's just literally a few months ago that I started really tapping into what I genuinely want to be doing with design. I think Design and art are two different things, unfortunately, but I have combined the two Mm. because there is a right way to design and art is very free. There is no right way to make art, but designs, there are principles. So it's been hard trying to find the two of, I can still be fun and use whatever colors I want, but still know that I have to current and I have to use a certain text and I have to use a certain amount of the logistics of designing. I have to focus on that, but I can still be fun with everything I do. So finding the balance of that has been very interesting. So the root of it was more so connected deeper to what you truly wanted to be creating and not so much of like an intentional, I think this is going to reach an audience like politically that I want to reach. And they, this is more in line with the aesthetic of what they will be interested in and then therefore see the messaging. So it wasn't about that. No, it wasn't about that. Okay. It was always about me being consistent with making gradients. So when I started, when Mm -hmm. I archived all of the pictures of my face, my only goal was to be consistent with gradients. And so when I got the ritual protesting idea, I was like, let me just make a gradient and then put the... Wait, wait, wait. Can you back up and tell us what gradients are? Oh, the gradients are what I make. So gradients are just a blend of colors. Okay. So everything I make is just a blend of colors. Okay. So <laughs> I have an obsession with gradients. That's why I started making them in the first place. But no, this was never intentional. It was just intentional to help someone that couldn't go out into the streets. So you use a lot of, in addition to the aesthetic piece of it, here are the two reasons why it would draw someone like me. I'm an optimism doctor, obviously, and I study the science behind color and I'm very like attracted to every single thing that you share on your gradients (laughs) because of everything you just talked about. But in addition, you also have against those gradients, some really like inspirational statements. And where do you get your inspiration of sort of like what you're going to actually write for the text? And, you know, those hopeful statements or affirmations, sometimes people would call them. I know you're really into the law of attraction and source energy and co-creation and and all these great things. Is it coming from somewhere? Is it other people's quotes or is it your own sort of inspirational thoughts? Yeah. So it's usually my thoughts and I'll go and type it in on Google to see if someone has said it. <laughs> and then I'll make sure if someone has said it, I'll just credit them because maybe yeah. I've heard it before or something. And yeah. my, I'm with my own thought. 
So I'll make sure no one has said it. If no one has said it, then I'm like, oh, okay, good job. <laughs> you thought about that. I feel like you need to make like a things are looking up one for yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that's my brand. Things are looking up. And I'm like, I feel like you should make it. That would be amazing. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, if I can't find, if I know someone has said it, but I can't find it, I'll put a quote, but I just won't like put the person. Right. The funny thing is I make my gradients usually the day of. If it's not a, if it's a carousel, I've taken more time. But if it's a single post, that means the day of. And it's whatever I've gone through that week. So if it's about hope, that means I needed hope that week. Mm-hmm. Like if it's about pushing through, that means I needed to push through this week. So it's usually what I'm going through, but I know that collectively there are millions of people probably feeling the same way. You know, I was uh, speaking on a panel and we were talking about this idea that globally people were going through trauma, you know, and grief and loss. And oftentimes that kind of gets underrated with all the stuff going on right now, like people weren't really, and they still don't, I think, know the huge amount of grief that's happening. I also was saying when I was speaking on this panel that along with all of that and the trauma, it's also a time at the very same time that we're all building resiliency. And so things will never be the same for the good and for the bad, but we will never sort of lose what we learn from this and how we grow from it. And I think that accounts like yours on platforms like Instagram really help like make that thought or sentiment into like an easily digestible, almost like soundbite. Mm-hmm. And it looks really beautiful too. Out of the gradients that you've done and, you know, your posts and your pieces of art, which one is your favorite if you have one? Good question. <laughs> I feel like every time I make one, I'm like, I really like this one. I would say the I'm not a strong Black woman one, which is mixed with a picture of me. But that one, I'm genuinely not a strong Black woman. And I need people to stop saying that. Mm. (laughs) I think that's a terrible thing that has been put on Black women. Tell us more. Yeah. I mean, the strong Black woman narrative is basically saying that Black women are strong. We can handle any pain. And even with going to the hospital, doctors assume that we can handle more pain. So Mm -hmm. we don't get the help that we really need. So I want to change that narrative that we're not strong. We are, I say I'm baby, treat me like a baby. I'm I'm baby. Like I'm not a strong black woman. I don't need to take your pain. I don't need to carry the load for you because you've been telling me to all these years. I don't. So that is my favorite one. That is so powerful. It's so interesting. Like I think things like that and, and basically being able to deliver that you know, just that where people for so long say things and have these sentiments and these notions that, you know, maybe somewhere deep down inside, they think they're doing a good thing and they're really not. And so it's really this, this idea of dismantling so many things that even if the intentions were not bad, but like, it doesn't matter. We have to relearn and we have to listen. And that's so true. And working in, you know, the hospital system, in my past, like I definitely can attest to that is a notion and a sentiment in the healthcare field. And it's true. It's not right. Like you could be a strong black woman. You could be a strong brown woman. You could also be a, you know, you could be strong in some aspects of your life and need more, you know, care and Mm -hmm. gentleness in other aspects. And that doesn't make you any less strong. But the point is like, you want to be met 
with however you are at that moment that and day, whoever you right. are that day. Right. Exactly. And right. not just be judged in any way, whether it was for a good intention or bad or a bad intention. And so this is what I'm saying, guys, this is the kind of stuff that's on her Instagram. <laughs> like it makes you think and it is not in like a inaccessible way. That's the point. It's in a very accessible way. It doesn't leave someone just automatically feeling like defensive. Like you can't, it's more appreciative. Like the work you do leave someone feeling like, gosh, I really appreciate seeing that and having the ability to think that through. And, and also it was really beautifully done. And, you know, and that's something I get all the time. And I'm very, very grateful for that. People, I get love donations of just people saying, thank you. I needed that today. It's so great. It it makes, it warms my heart that I reached that the message is so clear that you can't ignore it. And that was always my goal with everything. And is that sort of, or is there something to add to it? But would that be the message that you kind of want to share with the people that consume your work? Or if you could share one message with them while they're consuming your work, what would it be? To actually apply what I say, like if I'm actually giving tips or something, actually try it out for yourself and and see how you feel. I'm, I'm all for self-improvement and and just if someone like if you were to tell me you need to run (laughs) 10 miles a day (laughs) that sounds crazy but if you're like yeah girl it has changed my life it has made me such a beautiful woman that I am today I will try it I'll give it a try and I'll see what you're talking about so I take I take pride when people take the time to inform other people about their journeys or just whatever they're going through because it's hard to document our lives while we're living it it's very hard to do yeah so I, I I, I appreciate people that can that are doing that for us. And I wanna I always wanna take the time to actually apply what they're saying. So I would hope that people are actually not just taking it in for the moment, but actually going back and thinking about it later on and applying it. And was that also your hope with the virtual protesting 101 that it wasn't just gonna be posted, but that people would also follow through with yes. what was on there? But also is there power in just posting? Or is it kind of like, hey, if you're going to post this, like, please do something about it? Mm-hmm. Well, from the response that I've gotten, people will literally screenshot receipts <laughs> of like people of the conversations that they're having or the new protest page that they made mm-hmm. and just showing me that they're actually doing the work. Because a lot of and I'm glad with art, too, we were able to call out people very easily with like the performative work that was going on, especially during that week. A lot of people were performing and a lot of people were actually doing the work. And the performers did get called out. So I think by people calling out people that are performing, it really puts you, if you are performing, it makes you check yourself to make sure that you're actually doing the work, not just posting. Uh And for me, I thought the same thing of, is it just a post? Is Instagram just Instagram? Is Instagram really a helpful tool? I, I think so. Especially from what has happened with just the post going viral and the amount of people that come to me and tell me that I'm helping them. Instagram is very powerful. It's energy being exchanged. Mm -hmm. Just because it's virtual does not mean that it's not the same energy that you would be receiving in real life. So I agree. And with the comments, for me, it's the comment section. There are a lot of conversations being had and I can't respond to everyone, but I do see the comments and people are sending paragraphs, paragraphs, days after days, the same different people are still educating other people. Like it's a it's a group of people that have really dedicated to being online educators. And if I, when I see them, I would thank them and be like, thank you for taking the time out of your day to educate because I'm tired. I'm not going to do it, but I appreciate you for doing so. So 
I definitely think there is some performative aspect, but there is a lot of conversations being had in the comment section. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of companies were being called out, you know, in like just one after another. And it was sort of like, it's one thing to behave the way in which you do. And it's a whole nother thing to repost some of these posts and then still do the same thing that you've been doing. (laughs) I mean, it's like, eh, that is just beyond me, but I'm so, I'm so happy that, you know, it's this generation and it's the, I love how like the millennials get this bad rap about like, you're always stuck on your phones and you're just like, your head is always in your phone and you're spending so much time on like, but like, this is like a generation that's getting shit done. Mm -hmm. Like this generation's calling people out. This generation is marching. This generation is, you know, activating on their phones virtually if needed and like, you know, making the things that count go viral. And so, you know, we can't discount that. Right. Yeah. I think we've definitely, if you like, we've started a virtual revolution. Like even though there's a virtual, there's a revolution in the streets, we definitely started a virtual revolution. And social media is important as much as we want to say it's not important and it doesn't matter. And it's, it's just for whatever. It's very important. And I think we should continue to use it the way we have. And I've definitely been seeing a lot more information on Instagram, like way more. I think we're valuing information over just people posting their faces and posting mm-hmm. their outfits. And I'm so happy that this is where we're at because I think this is what we should have been using these apps for in the first place. Yeah, there is some you know, cons with the the usage and then there's some really beautiful benefits. And I think I think we're really moving towards this idea and notion of being a lot more raw and transparent on some of these apps. And we're starting to realize that it's what people want because that's how you connect and you relate. And I've talked about this a lot in my own work and in in some of the speaking that I did um, on panels when that was a thing. Uh, Well, now they're virtual. That's okay. They're still a thing. But just the idea of you know, raw, transparent sharing. And almost if you have any sort of following, how much of a responsibility that is to be real and, and, or if you're not going to be real, you need to talk about the idea and fact that you're not being real because it's just like, it creates so much shame and guilt and, um, and almost this impossible reality that no one's ever going to get because it's all filtered. So Mm -hmm. I think using social media in the way that you are, that's right. Like Instagram doesn't have to just be Instagram. It can actually be a super powerful tool to make real change. And you've really illustrated that and shown that. So what's next for you? What's looking up? Like you, you, you know, created something that was so powerful and I urge everyone to go check it out. It's virtual um, protesting 101 if you haven't seen it, I kind of doubt it because I think everyone has seen it, but you should revisit it again, right? And go through it again because just because there may not be protests happening right now on the streets like like they were some weeks back, virtual protesting can be done anytime, right? Mm-hmm. Anytime, any day, anywhere you're, anywhere. You can troll anyone on the internet virtually, <laughs> especially for Black Lives Matter. <laughs> yes. But what's looking up for you? What um, is on the horizon? What are you working on that is new? And how has this experience in utilizing your art form to really make a difference now that you know you can, 
where else are you going to? <laughs> the pressure's on. The pressure is on. Just kidding. Um, I, it's not. I just got asked to create murals. So my cool. art, yeah, my art is about to be out into the streets. So that's like the biggest thing that I just received last week that I'm really, really excited about. Where are you located? So I'm located in the DMV. I'm in Virginia right now, but I spent most of my life in America, in Maryland. But okay. I just came to VA in January. And the murals are, one, one is supposed to be in New York, LA, and then other cities. I'm hoping we can get one in DC because I'm closer. Cool. Any sneak peeks at what the murals will be like? I'm in LA. I can't wait to see, but. Not yet. I literally just got the the deal like this last week slash early this week. So we're still finalizing, but it's with Bumble, which is big. Which cool. I really that's amazing. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. So I'm waiting. I'm really excited to see my art like on a wall in real life. But other than that, I'm going to continue creating Instagram content and just I'm making prints as well. Just trying to find ways to get my art physically out into the world and not just digitally. So that's my my next move. I love that. And where can people buy your prints? Is it on your own website? Yeah. So it's Shop Celine. It's S-H-O-P-S-A-L-I-I-N-E.com. And it's also in my link in my Instagram bio. And what's the Spilled Coffee podcast? Spilled Coffee is where I just spill my thoughts. It's unedited. The only thing that's edited is me adding music and lowering the volume. I don't really edit my processes or just what I'm thinking about. Um, It's whatever I've been going through that week. I want to have it as like a time capsule to where when I'm older, I can listen to what I was feeling like at 24. And yeah. I love that. That's so cool. What would you say as our sort of last question, since so much of optimism is about resiliency, what would you say has been the toughest struggle that you've really had to go through and how have you grown from it? Mm -hmm. I would say finding peace and being alone. Oftentimes when we're alone, you kind of want to escape it. You want to call someone you want to just, yeah, have someone over. And I think there is strength in not forcing yourself to get through it, but just there's also strength in getting through things alone when you do need to. And like I said, finding the peace in that. And I think that was one thing I was struggling with, with trying to have everyone come with you places. Mm -hmm. It's okay to have solitude. You need solitude in order to see the world clearly. Mm. So I think definitely that. And like, I'm sure that also is not just um, literally, but also figuratively. So like Mm. kind of being on your own journey and wanting to get a message out and maybe not everyone's coming with you, but being like rooted in it and believing in it and still doing it anyway, which Mm. sounds like a lot, like a theme of your work so far. And then the people will come, look how they came. They will come. And literally, I followed everyone right before this happened because I just needed to clear my mind and clear my feet and clear my... Like I said, I believe Instagram is energy. I believe social media is energy. So if I'm following someone and I don't feel their energy, I'm going to follow you. It's nothing personal. Mm -hmm. But I followed everyone. And my fear was, oh, wow, everyone's going to follow me too. And it was like, no, I got everything back tenfold. So I'm always for do what's right for you. If you're not, make sure you're not hurting anyone, but whatever your heart desires do that. I always say more joy, more joy, more joy. If it doesn't hurt you or hurt anyone else, then do more joy. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like you gotta, you gotta, there's no harm in 
wanting and putting the effort forth to creating more joy for yourself, however that means. And science confirms it. So it's a really important piece of our survival actually is pleasure and joy. And whatever that means to you, you got to go after it. So the way that we end looking up is each of my guests get to pick one card from my things are looking up optimism deck of cards. So I have a deck of cards. Each one has a science-based or holistic suggestion or prompt that actually increases optimism and resiliency. So it's sort of like your homework for the day. And I actually can't wait for you to see the designs on them. Okay. (laughs) This is the card deck. It's called things are looking up. I love the text. (laughs) I'm hoping when you were saying that, I was like, I'm hoping my font is like hopeful. And on brand, um, these are some of the, I the cards. Colors. Yes, I love the rainbow one. That's my favorite. Okay, I'm going to pick you a random one. Okay. And this will be your homework for the day. Okay. It's much easier for us to point out the areas in which people around us need to improve on. Take a moment right now to tell someone what they are really good at. Let someone know that they're doing a great job and mean it. That is definitely a theme for me. That, that, that's the card for me. <laughs> it's so funny. Every time I pick one of these, it, like that has been a theme where people are just like, that was the right card for me. And it kind of goes with what we have been talking about. And we've sort of been talking about what the world needs to improve on. Yes. <laughs> and it's a good reminder for us to also get out there and tell people what they're just doing a really good job at and to keep doing it because that's just as important, if not more. If not more, if honestly. not more. I can't wait for you to follow up with me and tell, tell me who you're going to tell unless you already, someone comes to mind. But There is someone for yeah, sure. Yeah, tell us. Can you? It's an old friend that has been doing great things for me. So I appreciate that. That's amazing. Make sure you let them know and continue to do that. It was such a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much Thank for you all are. your inspiring work. What was that? Where can we get the cards? Oh, the cards are at thingsarelookingup.co. Okay. <laughs> and off of my Instagram, if I could ever figure out how to do that like shoppable thing. If anyone out there is really good at how to figure out how to make an Instagram shop out of like your... The product, you can click it. Yes. I don't know how to do that. I've been trying. I mean, like it's just another <laughs> thing to add on the list that I'm not so great at. <laughs> I will send you screenshots on how to do that. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Amazing. <laughs> See, collaboration. Yes. <laughs> But anyway, thank you so much. And remember to get, I'm going to get a print too from you because I'm going to put one up in my room, in my office. Yay. Yeah, I actually just lowered the prices from $40 to 20 because we're in a pandemic and I know that I would love everyone to have it in their home, but I know that prints are not the most important thing right now. So I feel like $20 is very affordable and more people can get it. So I'm very happy about that change. I love that. Thank you so much. Big fan of inclusive wellness. So anything we can do to make well-being and wellness more inclusive, including lowering price points of things. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. And I hope we keep in touch. You too. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Looking Up. For more optimistic content, follow me at Dr. Deepika Chopra. For more info and how to get your very own Things Are Looking Up Optimism deck of cards, head to thingsarelookingup.co. If you like what you hear and you want to support the show, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Our theme music is Me and Shaw Day by Tommy, courtesy of Terrible Records. I'm your host, Dr. Deepika Chopra, and I'll see you next Monday for your weekly dose of optimism.